listening to the Refinery Church Podcast. Each message is from our most recent weekend service located on our downtown Brea campus. We hope you are encouraged and strengthened from today's episode. Now for a timely message from Senior Pastor Kelly Fellows. All right, go ahead and wrap up your conversation there. Hopefully you found out some traditions. Who said, did anybody say something about Christmas trees? Did anybody wave at me if we talked? Oh, yeah, some Christmas trees. Good. Okay. Anybody talk about food? Give me some food traditions. Oh, yeah, quite a few few people. Anybody talk about music as a tradition? You're going, oh, yeah, I love the music, et cetera, et cetera. I do. As soon as Thanksgiving hits, man, I'm turning on the, the Christmas music. My kids, it drives them crazy. And literally the day after Christmas, we typically on December 26th, one of our family traditions is the the four of us, now the five of us, because Emma is married to Colson, we'll go somewhere to another city and we'll just kind of camp out. And of course, I always try to play the Christmas music when they get in the car like, no, dad, Christmas is over. No more Christmas music. We're done. You've been listening to it for a month. I'm like, come on, just a little bit more, just so we can get to maybe to the new year, maybe. (laughs) Decorations, presents, events, food. There's all sorts of traditions around this time. Traditions, though, can be a little confusing, can't they? And sometimes you wonder, where did that tradition come from? Why do we do what we do? Why does grandma always, you know, put the thing, the can inside the turkey? And, you know, what the heck is that about? Why is the beer can sticking out of the butt of the turkey? I don't understand what this is. You know, there's all these weird traditions that we have. Matter of fact, I, I'm, I'm a little confused. I, ne- I don't understand how the bunny got associated with Easter, which is the resurrection of Jesus. Jesus, how does a big, ugly, crazy looking bunny with eggs have anything to do with Jesus? I don't know. That always, matter of fact, I find the bunnies a little scary when I go through the mall and I see those, you know, those people dressed up in bunny suits. I don't know. That's kind of me. I'm not a big fan of the bunny during Easter because I look at that and go, what is that tradition? I don't get it. But many traditions are. Uh, uh, part of our life, and they serve as anchors. They help us stay hooked to the things that matter and the things that we value and have been valued for generations. And in a world where change seems to always be happening, right? I mean, we turn on the news and who knows what's going to be happening tomorrow. Some other billionaire might buy some other media company and might start saying some other kinds of things. And then everything changes again. You know, we we, we don't know. There's so much uncertainty happening in our daily lives. Traditions help us stay anchored and spotlight those things that matter most. And they can help us to remember. They provide a way for us to pass on our beliefs tangibly to the next generation. So I'm a fan of traditions. I'm a fan of many traditions. As long as they make sense. As long as we can understand. And as long as they actually have true significance. This month... We're celebrating a tradition that has been celebrated and observed for literally thousands of years, and that is Christmas. Now, the form of Christmas that we celebrate today has changed. 
Most people, when you think about Christmas, many of them think about parties, right? How many of you are going to some Christmas party somewhere sometime this month? Wave at me. I, I, okay, all right, you probably will. There are many Christmas parties that happen, right? Um, there's also all sorts of family gatherings when we think about Christmas, presents, Santa Claus, movies, as we talked about before, and music. But for centuries, Christmas has been the time of the year that we pause and remember and celebrate that God came to earth. That God, who is light and life and love, broke through the darkness and came to us and came to earth. Let me talk a little bit and give you a little history on Christmas. Take a look on the screen. As we begin to break this down a little bit, even before the birth of Jesus 2,000 years ago, History records that for centuries, early Europeans celebrated light during this time of the year. Because the, the shortest day of the year, how many of you guys know when the shortest day of the year is? December 21st. It is, it is the solstice, winter solstice. It's the shortest day of the year. And so typically, cultures around the world would celebrate this day, because man, this is the shortest day. That means tomorrow is going to be a little bit longer, and the next day is going to be a little bit longer. That means that light is coming. So, for thousands of years, cultures around the world have celebrated light coming into the darkness at this time of year, even before Jesus was born. It was almost as if it was prophetic that light would be coming into the darkness. I think it was a longing in humanity. I think it was the reason why cultures, and they show cultures all over the place during that time of year, this time of year, celebrating light coming into the darkness. They rejoiced when winter was behind them and they could look forward to those longer, warmer days and extended hours of sunshine. Many cultures celebrated with festivals during those short days in the summer. So the question is, when did we start, when did Jesus get attached to it? When did we start celebrating Jesus' birth? Well, actually, historians will tell you, and I'm only going to take a few minutes on this, but historians will tell you that in the early days of the church, after Jesus died, was risen from the dead, and established the pastors, the apostles, the prophets, the pastor, or the apostles, the prophets, those five? <laughs> apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Um, once Jesus established those, the church began to grow. It wasn't until four years after Jesus had left earth that the church began to recognize and realize, man, we need to celebrate not only his death and resurrection at Easter time, but we need to celebrate that he came, that God came to earth. The light of God, Jesus Christ coming to our world. The Bible doesn't give a specific date when Jesus was born. Matter of fact, many theologians and historians would agree that the reality of Jesus being born in December is not true. It probably took place sometime in spring. Because as you read the account of Jesus' birth, we hear that there were shepherds, right? And they were watching their flock of sheep by night. Typically in the wintertime, that is not where shepherds would be. Their sheep would be corralled into warmer places, not out in the fields. So it would have been probably more around springtime.
A census was taken by the Roman government. And so when, when Mary and Joseph left to go to their hometown of Bethlehem so that they could be counted in the census, Romans wouldn't have done that during the dead of winter. They would have done it at a time when travel would have been easier. So theologians and historians would say that Jesus' birth was probably somewhere around springtime. But because of the celebration of light breaking through darkness, early church leaders, specifically Pope Julius I, said this would be a time when we should celebrate Jesus. Because many of these pagans are celebrating light coming into the darkness. We have the light. His name is Jesus. So let's start celebrating the birth of Jesus, the light of the world coming into our world today. And so, around the year 400, the church began to celebrate Jesus' birth at this time of year, a time when various cultures were celebrating light breaking into the darkness. The church leaders had this one particular scripture that they felt motivated them to celebrate Jesus' birth at this time. Take a look at John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. This is what the Gospel of John records as God comes to earth. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God, and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light. Everybody say light. Light, light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Never extinguish it. Later on, down in the, further on in the chapter, this word becoming flesh would be defined as word becoming flesh. And we knew that this word that John was referring to was Jesus. And this would become the impetus for celebrating Jesus's birth on December 25th. So as we go through this season, and some people are going, well, you know, this really isn't Jesus' birthday, you know, You're kind of wasting your time celebrating it. It's true. It's not officially the date, but it is a date that we can pause, reflect, remember, and celebrate that God came to earth, that God sent his light into the darkness. Now, over the centuries, the celebrations around December 25th have changed and evolved. Characters have been added to the story. Fictional characters, funny characters. I have a personal tradition on Christmas, or at least around Christmas, especially the week of or the week after. I have to watch It's a Wonderful Life. I absolutely, anybody else Wonderful Life people? I've seen it every year since I was a small child. I can probably quote most of the movie. I love it. It is a personal tradition of mine, and my kids know that too. Many things have been added to Christmas. As a matter of fact, take a look at the screen really quickly. Here are some fun facts about Christmas. Um, it's estimated that each year, 30 to 35 million real Christmas trees are sold in the United States alone. 30 to, so raise your hand if you're a real Christmas tree person. Raise your hand. Let's see the real people, the real ones. Come on. Okay, put your hands down. How many of you say, give me that artificial one. It's less messy. I can save it from year to year. It's more economical. All right. I'm not judging. Real or artificial, I don't care. It works. These are all artificial up here, so we're good. 
In the Middle Ages, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and raucous. They were much like Mardi Gras. That sounds kind of fun, huh? I mean, that's where Christmas parties really took off was during, or during the Middle Ages. Uh, Christmas was declared a federal holiday in the United States on June 26, 1870. Took almost 100 years uh, from the birth of our nation for it to be an official federal holiday. Uh, poinsettias that you see around here that are attributed to Christmas. Isn't that an interesting plant? How does that relate to Christmas? Well, minister and missionary, American missionary to Mexico, his name was Joel Poinsett. And he brought poinsettias back from Mexico to the United States, and they received his name, poinsettias, in 1828. And finally, the Salvation Army bell ringers. How many of you guys have seen the Salvation Army bell ringers? Yeah, they've been doing it since the year 1890. Isn't that incredible? And have raised millions and millions and millions, possibly in the billions of dollars, to help feed and clothe people around the world. So no matter what the exact date is, on December 25th, we celebrate that Jesus, the light of the world, came into the darkness. That God broke through your darkness to bring light and hope. Now for that here, we have a tradition at Refinery, and it's called Advent. Everybody say Advent. It's been a tradition in the church for, gosh, many, many thousand years. Um, it's not new to the church. It's not new to refinery. Uh, the churches have been remembering and having a tradition of Advent that leads up to Christmas, an anticipation of Christmas. As a matter of fact, the word Advent is Latin for a revival, not a revival, arrival. It's the Latin word for arrival or to come. It's a celebration that Jesus, God, is coming. It was started during the Dark Ages because people, here's how it began. People, uh, once again, were in this dark time of the year, and they used to gather evergreen branches in the dark, cold time of winter. And it was short, and nights were long, and as a reminder of spring that was coming, they would gather all these evergreens that stayed green during the winter. And in Martin Luther's time, Christians began to adopt the practice of celebrating this special season with Advent. Advent is a tradition we continue here at Refinery Church to remember the most significant reason for this season. Though there have been many reasons, though people have certain traditions that they celebrate, we choose to say this is the main reason, this is the most significant reason for this season. Everybody say Advent. 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 It's a tradition that helps us to remember, to reflect, and to look forward to Jesus Christ's second coming. There's two symbols to the Advent. Take a look on the screen here. We have two symbols to our Advent time. The first symbol is the wreath. Uh, we see them all around the room. If you look to your right and to your left, up here on the front, and also sitting up here on the stage, we have a wreath. The Advent wreath represents God's unending love for us. That's why it's a circle. Maybe you didn't know that. Maybe as you see Christmas wreaths, you're going, oh, that's just a nice decoration. It's actually a symbol of God's love. That's why it's a circle. See, those plants don't actually grow that way. I don't know if you know that or not. No, they don't. People actually put them into that, that shape and that fashion. 
It represents God's unending love. And, and they use evergreen branches because it represents everlasting life with Jesus. Today, you're going to see Christmas wreaths hung all over the place. Maybe you have some in your house. Maybe you have some in the city. When you're driving down the road, you know what's so stinking exciting is now every single time I see a wreath, I think about God loves me. God loves me. And his love never ends. It never ends. No matter what I do, he never stops loving me. No matter how I fail, he never stops loving me. Isn't that good to know? So good to know. The wreath still means the same thing as it did when the tradition was started over 600 years ago. With our Advent up here, we have our Advent wreath, and you'll notice that we have four candles and then a single solitary white candle in the middle. The, four, the three purple and the one uh, pink candle represent royalty, signifying that Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And the white one in the center represents God's love that is pure demonstrated in Jesus Christ. Every candle has a specific meaning. And what we do is as we lead up to Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve, we will light our single solitary center candle. So each candle is lit each week leading up to Christmas Eve. You'll notice that one is already lit because it was lit this week. We, we kind of missed it last Sunday. We, we normally would have had it last Sunday, but we, we hadn't set it up all yet, so we lit it this week. Today, we light the second candle. But let me tell you first about the first candle. The first candle that's lit there is called the light of hope. Can we all say that together? The light of hope. The first candle is the light of hope. Hope is not a wish that we have on our part. It's not an empty wish. It's actually a promise on God's part. A trust and a belief filling us with hope that God will do what he said he will do. That's why for the last eight weeks, as we talked about God's covenant love, we can stand firmly with hope, even in the midst of challenges and know God is for us. God loves us and he'll be there all the time because of his covenant promises. Through the prophets, the Messiah was predicted to come, and he did. Salvation would be realized, and it is. And life would be experienced, and it does. Every single day through Jesus Christ. The first one is hope. Hope that will come. That God will be with us when we need him. Look what it says, the prophet said in Zechariah chapter two, verse 10. It says, sing and rejoice for behold, I am coming. And I will dwell in your midst, says the Lord. Oh, isn't that beautiful? For behold, I am coming, says the Lord. It's as if Jesus pops his head through the, through the fabric of eternity and speaks into the darkness and says, I'm coming. I know you've blown it. I know you've screwed up. I know you've made failures, but you know what? I'm coming. And guess what? I'm going to be with you. I'm not just going to rule over you. I'm going to be with you. That should fill you with hope. The longing for that promise to be realized is spoken of through the prophet in the book of Psalm, the psalmist actually. Psalm 130 verses five through seven say this. I wait for the Lord. Maybe you can uh, say these words. I wait for the Lord, my soul waits. 
and in his word I do hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch for the morning. Yes, more than those who watch for the morning. Oh, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is abundant redemption. Some of us can, can echo those words, right? Man, I'm just waiting on God. I'm just waiting on God. The first candle represents the hope that you can have as you wait on the Lord. So we light this first candle this week, grateful for his arrival on earth, keeping his word to fill us with hope. As we wait on the Lord, you can have hope. Maybe it's in a health issue. Maybe it's a financial issue. Maybe it's a relational issue. I mentioned earlier, I felt impressed of the Lord that there's moms and dads in here right now who feel like their kids have gone the wrong way. There's hope. Let's wait on the Lord and believe and pray and intercede and say, God, have your way. That's candle number one. Hope. Let's all say hope. 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 Candle number two. Hannah, would you come light candle number two this week? Good job. Thank you, Hannah. The second candle is the light of faith. It says peace on the screen, but that's incorrect. That's a typo. <laughs> that's my fault. <laughs> it's, it's supposed to be the light of faith. Everybody say faith. 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 We read in Luke chapter 1, the angel Gabriel appeared to the young woman named Mary and said that she was favored by God and blessed among all women. For God had chosen her to be the person to literally carry his promise. Think about that for a moment. God comes to this young woman and says, through the angel Gabriel, brings this messenger saying, you will bear the son of God. How mind-blowing would that be? How rattling would that be? For God had chosen her to literally carry his promise. To this day, Mary is celebrated as an incredible woman of faith. She was young and unmarried. This was sure to cause rumors, to ruin her reputation, right? Scandal. But check out her response. And it's considered one of the greatest statements of faith. When the angel says, this is what God is going to do, here was her response. Luke chapter 1, verse 38 says, Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. What an incredible faith statement that is. God speaks, and her response isn't, well, but, or well, Now's not really a good time, God. You know, I've got some things going on. I'm working on some stuff right now. I got a game that I'm supposed to be involved or I'm supposed to watch next week, and this really is inconveniencing me. Her response, I love it. I am the Lord's servant. Number one, she knows her position in relationship with God. I am the Lord's servant. And then she says, may everything... You have said about me come true. Everything. Everything. Not just part of it. She's like, God, 
Do whatever you want to do. I am your servant. We don't understand that as Americans. We don't like that as Americans. That bugs us. We don't like the idea of bending our knee, do we? No, we don't. But faith, faith says, God, I will bend my knee to you. I am your servant. Do what you will. That's what faith says. Faith says, I trust God. You know, her feelings might ha not have been what her faith statement was. Inside, she may have been freaking out. She might have been going, oh my gosh, what's mom going to say? What are my friends going to say? They're going to think I'm nuts. All these feelings probably were running around in her head. She was human. She was human like any of us. Knowing that her reputation, her livelihood in society would potentially be ruined by this unplanned pregnancy. She could have even been stoned and killed. You know these feelings were rolling around inside of her. Her feelings were saying something different. And feelings can be fickle. Have you ever noticed that? Feelings can be a little weird. I know in our world that we live in today, it's, it's proper to say, well, what are you feeling? And, and it's good to hear feelings and to express feelings. But we can't build our life on feelings because sometimes feelings are false. Sometimes feelings can lead us the wrong way. Good, express them, talk them out, process them. But don't live on feelings because they change. What Mary chose to do was not respond out of feelings, but to respond with faith and say, Lord, your ways, not my ways. Your ways, not society's ways. Your ways, not culture's ways. Your ways. This is faith. Trusting that God's ways are the best ways. Tatiana, so as we light this second candle this week, we're remembering and reflecting and reminded that God keeps his promises and we can stand in faith when he calls us to live according to his ways. How does your hope feel this season as we wrap up today? How's your faith doing? Does it seem bright and vibrant? Or does it seem a little dull? A little dim? Or is it shining out for others to see? You see, the whole point ultimately of our advent is to remind us that our hope can bring hope to others. Our faith can bring faith to others. But first it requires us accepting, receiving, being filled with hope, standing in faith so that our light begins to shine bright. And those around us can go, ah, I'm going to be hopeful. If he can be hopeful, if she can be hopeful in the midst of this, if she can stand in faith when others are falling, then it brings encouragement to us. So this season, I want to encourage you, challenge you, shine, shine, shine with hope. 
shine with faith. Can we pray? Mm, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I know that we've struck some chords here tonight, today, that there are men and women who've struggled with hope because they face so many setbacks. Holy Spirit, I, be, I say right now, begin to fill with hope. Begin to remind each and every individual in here the promises that you have made in Scripture. That if we put our hope and trust and faith in you, O oh Lord God, you are faithful. That you will come through. That you keep your promises. You are true. You are secure. And so, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill this place right now with hope. And God, may we be men and women that stand and respond the way Mary responded when she said, I am your servant. Let everything happen as you've said. Today, I'm going to ask you and challenge you, if you're listening and we're praying together, maybe you need to say that to God right now. God's been calling you to lay some things down. Maybe he's called you to lay an unhealthy relationship down. Maybe he's called you to lay an addiction down. Maybe he's calling you to, to move out into a new area, to stretch out and begin to serve in a way you've, you've, you've wanted to serve, but you haven't. Can you right now say, God, I'm going to do it. I'm, I say, let everything Thing that you've spoken to me happen just as you've said it. You need to make that commitment right now as a person of faith. Do that right where you're saying, Lord God, I lay these things down. I lay it down. I want to live by your ways, not my ways, not society's ways, not cultural ways. I'm going to live by your ways. A person of faith. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Can we all say amen together? Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed by today's message. For more great content and information about Refinery Church, find us at wearerefinery.com and our socials, We Are Refinery. If you would like to help support and give to the ministry, visit our website at wearerefinery.com forward slash give. See you on our next episode at the Refinery Church Podcast.